Welcome to the Autolux Interviews with your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from our main website at autolux.net. If you haven't been there, stop by and check it out. Today, we are talking with Brett Jones from heyauto.com. If you don't know what it's about, you're about to find out about this amazing new automotive website to help you find your next vehicle. And there might be some information about one of their programs, which helps them with privacy for your vehicles as well. So sit back, relax, and listen to the new Autolux interviews. I've had a little bit of time to go through some of the stuff that you guys have created and uh, kind of learn some things about it. Do you want to talk about Hey Auto or Privacy for Cars? They're both kind of kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you could kind of start with whatever you like. I mean, Hey Auto, I can give you an overview and and then talk about the P4C integration and kind of go from there. Okay, sounds great. Let's do it. Okay, well, Hey Auto is a three-sided platform. Uh, it started out as a marketplace to draw dealers and Tory in, uh, but our real main focus was on building B2B tools on the back end through our portal and specifically building it in a headless design and headless engineering system so that it can be repurposed, fully customized, fully white labeled for dealerships, dealer groups, marketing companies, other automotive tech companies that want to participate in different uh, products within the platform tied into their ecosystem to drive revenue for their business and add value for their customers. So the best way to envision the Hey Auto ecosystem is it's almost like the Shopify of automotive tech. Any product can be fully customized from the marketplace right down to the CRM or glove box or any other the tools in there. And then okay. further, um, we, we can bring in any company that has a really cool product or cool widget, we can bring it into the marketplace dealer portal and give uh, dealerships and other companies that are participating access to that in a white labeled environment as well. So it's almost like an automotive tech app store. Okay. Yeah, I kind of saw that with a lot of the information kind of like, I guess, for myself is looking into the glove box. Yeah. That was uh, kind of neat. You put your car in there and try to add all your information in, which made it really amazing for me. I was actually just talking about that to uh, one of my buddies before taking off from work here. And uh, he's like, so uh, you going to get some more information on that? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, we can talk about it maybe tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, uh, that's one of our favorite products. It's one of the biggest builds, and it kind of ties the whole ecosystem from a consumer standpoint together. Hey Auto obviously has its own glove box where you know consumers that aren't attached to a dealership can log in, they can put their vehicle in, add documents, they can actually privately auction their, their vehicle to dealers near them without giving up their personal information, and then we set that up through our ecosystem. But again, it's one of those products that can be fully white labeled for a dealership, a group, anybody that really wants to use the tool. And it has a bunch of different functionality. I mean, traditionally, you know, a customer comes in and buys a vehicle and then they get put on the drip campaign or the PDC program to try and get them back in for like an oil change or what have. That's usually done through the CRM or the DMS for marketing channels. This allows a, like a, like a SaaS integration, have the customer fully integrated into that dealerships ecosystem for okay. everything from chatting, booking service appointments. Uh, you can even go as far as, I'll give you an example, like let's say, you know, you bring your customer into the, to the box to try and close them on a warranty, which obviously with the prices of vehicles today, um, you know, the back end is super important, but there's only about 38% of people actually buy a back, a warranty in the box on the back end. You know, traditionally it would be the you know, finance manager's job to follow up with that customer again, maybe try to get them to buy it down the road, but they're moving on to the next deal traditionally. So 
with Glovebox, you can actually say, okay, I know, I know Everett, we talked about this warranty today. I know it's a no for today, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to put that warranty in your Glovebox and you have the ability to purchase that the next 30 days. And then you can do things like send them like a 10% discount two weeks later to kind of drive more revenue post-sale. You know what I mean? So it's that yeah. kind of utility. It's better than a customer getting uh, an email that they might just unsubscribe. It's not particularly in their mindset. So it just adds a lot more. It takes a, a really clean SaaS model and ties it into what dealers are currently using and gives them a lot more utility. It's not about like replace what you're using with the Hey Auto ecosystem of products. It's like, how can these products be customized, white label, put your branding on it, really give you the utility that you need to kind of access the next generation of car buyer who really uses these kind of online products it happens everywhere in hospitality and real estate and whatnot it's just not really done that well yet in in automotive so that's where we like to focus okay sounds great uh i guess another big thing is you know with all those features you know what benefit for the customer is it right now like i, I know you said you get emails and all that but uh you know trying to get some of the people that i know like try and explain the big benefit to them even you mean like the consumer as in like the retail car buyer or the consumer like the customer being the dealership Car buyer. Car buyer. Well, I mean, any amount of utility that you can provide for a dealership to give better experience for their customer is going to help them to win. I mean, dealerships look at three things as their kind of pillars to running a successful location, which is you got to have inventory, you got to have great inventory, you got to have great people. But most dealers say, you know, my investment and my, my golden nugget is my database that I've built over time, right? Giving them better tools to be able to mine that database in a more efficient, less intrusive way to the end consumer is going to give consumer more comfort in not only the process to buy a vehicle, but the post-sale interaction. Because it's not just sell the car, see taillights, do your best to get them back and flip them into a better loan or you know, sell them winter tires. It's like there's a lot of opportunity being missed through that entire life cycle. How do you make sure that customer, when they leave the lot, is coming back to you and not going to a Mr. Lube, is buying the tires from you and not going to Costco? You know what I mean? So okay. when you can, when you can have a clean interface and, and a nice user interface that's convenient for the customer and it's kind of on their terms, you're going to have a lot more success, and that's what we're saying. So like a one-stop shop for those people that don't like to go out of their way or essentially just do it all on their own. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I mean, like, yeah. you, it's it goes further than that. It's like, you know, there's companies that do great business, that have great marketing companies, that have a large consumer base and large traffic to their site, and they look for opportunities because dealers are always like, okay, well, I pay these different you know companies to generate me lead flow. We can go to those companies and be like, let's help you service that client better with things like pre-qualification of bin-specific inventory that we can provide you through our marketplace to make sure the dealer is getting a better qualified and quantified lead from you. And therefore, your customers are having a better experience. The dealership wants to do more business with you because he's get, they are getting more value from your service. And we can be that underlying architecture to help provide that service for everyone. Kind of makes it easier for everybody on the both ends of the spectrum, what you're trying to say. Dealers are, dealers are pretty reasonable and, and fair with what their requests are. You're either helping me save money or you're helping me make it so if you can do one or two or both you're you're winning so um, i think there's a lot of companies in automotive it architecture that do one or two things really well it's about tying that all together and then coming in with just api plugins with utility that doesn't require the dealer to move off what they like but find a way to integrate new things in that allow them to scale into the next phase of what automotive sales is going to look like which has been 
a little bit up in the air the last few years of digital retailing, yeah. inventory shortage, you know, like anybody, customers are still trying to get a good deal and have a good experience. Dealers are still trying to operate their business efficiently and, and there's better technology that exists today that help them do that for, you know, less. Yeah, and I really noticed that like when I first loaded up the site, it brings up stuff in my home city automatically, which is, it's not like going on to, you know, some of the competitors like Auto Trader, you got to go on and type everything in and fill it all out. It was so amazing that it just literally, I just went on and it's like, here's the stuff for separate. I'm like, hey, I know that dealership and I was just on their site and I didn't see that car there. So yeah, that's a great uh, put that together. I mean, those those are like underlying like geospatial technology that we build for that kind of architecture to have that convenience and utility. Okay. Like when a dealership gets a customer on their website or a, or a marketplace gets a customer in the market, they want them engaged. They want them staying in there. You know, on a, on a traditional marketplace that maybe exists, like some of our competitors, if you're searching for a Jeep Grand Cherokee, let's say, you go in, you put your postal code in, you select the drop downs, put in the Jeep Grand Cherokees, you're opening up basically new tabs are flowing through that journey. Then you get to the end and then you're like, well, maybe I want to look at, compare that to an Acura MDX. You're having to back that all the way out, restart your search again with, yeah. with our functionality allows you to just search for whatever you want, keywords, using AI, things that are important to you. And it'll actually take all makes and models and present you with whatever you want on one user experience, one, one screen. So it really, especially for the mobile shopper, it really makes it really easy and convenient to shop for what you're looking for and compare pricing and compare vehicles without having to have that back and forth or opening up new tabs, right? So yeah. things like that that you don't really notice until you're using it and then you're like, oh man, this this is great. And the whole idea is to just keep the customer engaged for as long as possible on your inventory. So that is one of the products we do. I mean, we, we invested a great deal in the architecture and underlying sophistication of the tech to be able to build that utility in the marketplace. But our brand is not about what Hey Auto is. Yes, Hey Auto is a marketplace, but it's like, what can Hey Auto be for you? So we can literally take our marketplace for a dealer group, for instance, that says, you know, we got 20 locations. We would like a better spot for our customers to land when they're shopping within our ecosystem. We would prefer to invest in our own marketplace with that better user experience and better utility and, and invest our marketing capital in our own lead flow and our own ecosystem branded to our business in our color scheme so that we can really tie it all together and i think it's been something that has been talked about for a long time and it, and it just hasn't really been done so that's where we've been focusing for the past four years in our building and uh, we're very excited about what the products become today yeah because like i said i was pretty excited when i went on and it all just popped up because like for myself even for looking for i wouldn't say my last vehicle because I, I went and got new and i knew what i wanted to go get knowing the industry but like my last used vehicle it was kind of a pain because you know i go on google maps i go all over the dealerships i click on them open the websites and you got like 40 50 links all loaded up and i'm looking for used vehicles and you go through and you know that that was one of the pain i also found is going to certain dealership websites and you go on there and it's like well it only shows like five used cars but i know there's about 20 sitting on a lot right now where when i went on like i said you know on your website it actually showed some of the vehicles that weren't even displaying on their own websites which i found was really great yeah yeah we can i mean what you're noticing there it's called an etl process extract transform load it's a data normalization and allows us to, to really efficiently and quickly 
aggregate all uh, inventory as it comes in. So if a dealer loads in their vehicle to their DMS, for instance, okay. and maybe they push it out to their website and whatnot, doesn't, you know, it might take 24 or 48 hours for it to show up on a, a different marketplace or in their website potentially. We have the ability to run that TL process immediately and get that vehicle up and on the marketplace before most others. Okay. That makes it a lot easier. Yeah. It's a cool piece of tech. Yeah, especially, like I said, when I'm going to look for something, sometimes you miss out on something good where, you know, you weren't there right on the day where if your program is bringing it all up, then a quicker time frame. A lot more of us can see it. A lot more of us can jump on it a lot quicker. Yeah, they can move, you know, inventory moves fast these days, especially if it's a desirable piece. You know, you'll have a, a dealer will take a trade in and it'll be an awesome piece and priced right. And they'll say, okay, let's get this thing up immediately. They'll say, snap the pictures and get in the DMS. We can flip that on in an hour if we want to. So. Okay. Um, it's just providing that speed to market, that utility, that convenience, that data normalization. Another thing the ETL handles quite well is we have a, a large uh, AI and machine learning component to that piece of technology that helps recognize vehicle trims and pricing and whatnot. Because a lot of times, I mean, typically how these inventory feeds are shared are, are FTP, you know, CSV files, and, and it's very easy to put the wrong piece of information or, or a, yeah. a sales price in an MR, MSRP and have that be mixed up. Uh, our data model actually recognizes those inconsistencies and kind of teaches itself over time. So it's like, okay, well, I've seen this F-150 Lariat before. This seems very underpriced for the comparison to the other ones that we've seen in the past year with the similar kilometers, et cetera. Maybe we reach out to this dealer and just double check, or maybe it notifies us to go and double check their CSV and see if maybe they swapped the pricing in that, in that document. So it just allows it to be really efficient and secure and, and correct. So yeah. it's, it's something pretty amazing when you're dealing with a lot of different IT providers and a lot of different data feeds. I mean, dealerships have unfortunately been in a position for many years where they're, you know, they might have 10, 15 different portals and logins and IT infrastructure that they're dealing with. And so it is easy sometimes to get lost in the fold. So when you can become that one true source of correct and relevant and up-to-date data for them, it becomes very valuable. So those are kind of avenues that we're heading down now is to say, hey, we can start to syndicate your inventory for you as well, where you don't have to worry about it. We can kind of take care of the little nuance and make sure that you're posting relevant information. Kind of going to my next question was, if I go on, put my vehicle on there, how does it kind of break down what my vehicle might be worth? But then, like you said, it, I guess it breaks down the algorithm against all the other vehicles in the system, or? Yeah, well, we have we have all that historical data, right? So it's, okay. it allows us to say, you know, we've had millions and millions of vehicles go through our ETL. So, you know, you can start to make assumptions over time. Canadian Black Book's algorithms and historical data to price vehicles, you know, whatever condition they may be and that's how that's their sales model and that's what a lot of the lenders use so that information is valuable but in today's market a vehicle is worth what someone's willing to pay you for it and uh, i think we've seen yeah i think we've seen in in you know the last two years of, of what that's looked like kind of taking that whole valuation model and kind of turned it on its head a little bit right yes yeah. you wouldn't pay you know i hate model combo but you wouldn't pay you know 30 to 35 grand for a 2020 le corolla but people were doing that so it all it all depends the market dictates still but it's yeah having that information over time and knowing what those vehicles are selling for and those list prices and seeing that growth of that maneuvering on almost a month-to-month basis it felt like for the last couple of years has been pretty interesting to uh document yeah you can clearly see that when you see the price of vehicles like i told my wife i said our rav for the first time is 
not worth as much as we paid for it two years ago. So the market's starting to come down. <laughs> starting. Yeah, yeah, it's getting better. I mean, you know, these things happen across the board with everything from appliances. You know, anytime a logistics operation gets that much of a issue, it's it's going to really affect the market. And obviously, we saw that it was just a it was a a list of going wrong in the automotive sector to yeah. kind of drive that pricing. So it is nice to see that that is settling down both from the consumer side and for the dealers as well. So they yeah. were doing very well. The grosses were good. They were making money. It was just the people that were really efficient and knew how to operate their business well were winning at a very high level. Okay. I'm guessing with this, most of the dealers or anybody else has to sign up to get onto it, like to be part of oh, the system? On, to get to be on the ecosystem? Yeah. yeah we, you know, we're, we're, well, we spent the first year of our of our build out focusing on that etl and building a really incredible data model and then working on contracts with all the different it providers to be able to bring in that data to make it really easy for dealers to say hey the marketplace is there it's available it's another place for people to view your inventory they might send you a lead they might just view it go to your website wherever all that information is there it's available it's just another display page for you that is you know in our opinion it's the most beautiful one that exists but uh, remains to be seen. Yeah, the, so so that was it. So we just and we made it really easy for dealers. We just said, hey, we this is your inventory provider. We started bringing dealers on over COVID, which presented a unique opportunity for our business because you know dealerships were somewhat empty. Dealers were saying, oh shoot, I don't know how long this is going to be. Maybe we have to really start investing heavier in our online presence and whatnot. So our timing was really good as far as being able to acquire a lot of inventory and a lot of dealers on the platform quickly because they didn't know what the, the future was going to hold for that on-premise business that they were doing. So that presented a unique opportunity. We made it very simple for them. We said, this is it. We kind of did what you did. We did a little walkthrough, showcased like how the site works and how user-friendly it is and just said, hey, free to get on. Uh, we can get your inventory feed from X right now. All we have to do is get an approval from you and we're good to go. So we built that very streamlined. So, and that's still how we operate today. Dealers can click on and click off anytime they want. We operate a true SaaS model, which means we're month to month for our products and then they can participate. They can say, Hey, I love a custom label glove box for my dealer group. I want all of my, all of my customers being added to here when, uh, when they are post sale and I want to be able to integrate with them and, and we do that. So we're a truly a dealer first platform. I've been a dealer in the past and, and I've, I've dealt with the headaches of training people on multiple yeah. different things and getting them bought in. And you're only using 10% of certain products or certain pieces of IT. So I understand the pain. I was also the one paying those bills as well. So very aware of what the pain points have been over the years and all we're just trying to do is say hey there is a better way let's get these apis rolling and there's a lot of companies building really cool tech as well i mean we've taken on a very large built ecosystem it is a massive piece of infrastructure and we built it with the purpose of, uh, with the mindset to say uh, you know there's going to be great companies that are building cool widgets and preview qual tools and ai driven stitching for videos on vdps all these different cool products that people are like well i just built a product outside of me calling dealers and trying to get them to try it what are my other options and we want to say to them listen you can participate in this ecosystem you, we can plug all of your product in and apis have dealers tap into our ecosystem make sure that you get paid on that 
and you, you can uh, kind of have a, a marketplace of your own to display that to a, a large dealer set across Canada and then hopefully moving on to other markets. Yeah, I hope so. Because uh, well, there's a lot more markets out there that could really use a product like this, especially one is easy. And like I said before, it just it pops up your information right away. And so that's got to be like the one main thing that drove me to it. And, you know, even just showing it off to some other people around me, is, you know, you go to any other site, it's just you go to it, you got to fill in all your information. It gets kind of annoying. It takes, like you said, a long process. And then here it is. I, I go on and look at that. There's a bunch of vehicles right at the top showcasing to me. It may not be, you know, exactly what I'm looking for right now, but it's showing me that there's product in my neighborhood. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And it's, and it's exactly like people search different these days too. And that was one yeah. of the utilities we wanted to kind of implement on the SRPA. We have an AI tool that allows you to kind of just search whatever you want. Like you can type in, you know, midlife crisis and you're going to have a bunch of Corvettes and Porsches are going to pop up. Like you can, <laughs> things that are like more, you know, your lifestyle way of shopping. You know, okay. I love the mountains. I want something that's good on gas, but also has enough to get me through if it's snowing, you know, maybe a four wheel drive, like all those things that you can kind of just layer in. And it'll take those keywords and it'll identify those uh, keywords in those descriptions of the correct vehicles that fit you that are also in your area. So just convenience and speed and, and utility for consumers. It's 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 been done well in a lot of other industries and it's something we're excited to kind of share in the automotive sector as well. Yeah. And coming from experience, trying to make it easier and easier for people to find stuff, even on my own site. You know, I've been to a few other sites during the day while I'm at work, and it's just, you go on, you type one thing, and it doesn't pop up anything, and yet you know it's there. Who wrote this? Is it I? Yeah. I I'm not a programmer, but even I know how, how to make it so that when I type something in, it finds what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. Having an efficient code base and having a you know, we build in the most effective technology stacks that exist. Our entire architecture is built that way. We, uh, you know, we have a partnership with the University of Calgary. We have 10 to 15, you know, PhD computer scientists that are building cutting edge tech that we try and implement into our software okay. to stay, uh, you know, on the bleeding edge of what is possible. So, you know, it's not about how, how big your code base is. It's about how, it's almost how, how much you can do and how efficiently you can operate with a smaller, more effective code base. So we're always polishing the edges for speed and, and accuracy of information to make it the best, uh, best in class. Glad to hear that. Best to always stay one step ahead and constantly cleaning up because, you know, when you don't change, you die. And that one of the first lessons you adapt, learn in business? After die. Evolve or die. Yeah. Yep. yeah. No, and especially in this world, you know, with how fast things move nowadays, it, yeah, your technical prowess has to be top notch because I was I was just at a, a conference a few weeks back and, and I was talking to some of them. And they were saying the year before was all NFT and crypto companies of the 2000 companies in attendance. And this year there was two uh, companies presenting in attendance that were crypto and NFT and the rest were AI and ML, right? So yeah, yeah. It's, a funny it's a funny buzzword, but if you don't know what it means and don't know how to use it to your advantage, you're, you're gone. And if you think you're building something that's impressive, there's a hundred people behind you that are building the same thing faster and better uh, with the tech that's available. So it's about staying up to date, staying aware of, of what is available, implementing it in the right way, making it scalable. And that's what's going to allow the companies that are going to win are the companies that are implementing those. I guess you see kind of more of a future in the AI format for a lot of this. Oh yeah, I mean we've been doing that since inception. We've been implementing anywhere we can because there's just there's a ton of value there. But again, it goes back to what I was just saying. If you, if you don't know how to use it, it, it can hinder you as well. So I'm not the AI ML expert. I'm business development, yeah. but we have a, a team that has been focusing on areas where we can implement and how we can implement to 
to be more efficient and provide more utility, and they're doing that on a daily basis now. So we're definitely ahead of the curve on that front. That's good to hear. Yeah. A little easier for myself in the future. That's right. Hopefully you don't have to do anything. The car just shows up at your house. You just think about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about getting into one of those yet. <laughs> That's that's still my gray area. If there's no steering yeah. wheel, it's still a gray area for me. How much? Too much? Too soon? Right? Like, yeah, it's like a lot of other things. You got to go through those growth stages, and that's what I'm trying to explain to a lot of people with a lot of the issues they're finding with electric cars right now. Is you know, it's still in its growth stage. We're essentially redoing what we did over a hundred years ago. It's a hundred years ago, gasoline was all in its growth stage, and we're all shooting that way. <laughs> Hey man, I was talking, I'll, I'll leave the man, specific manufacturer out, obviously, for this conversation, but I was speaking to one of my dealer principals uh, on their specific ODM and, and their EV product, and he's like, I can't even get a, I have my customers to take care of, and my customers to detect, and they're asking me questions, and I'm trying to get that information from the OEM, and I'm getting very sparse and disparate information back on things that are important for them to make a purchasing decision on whether or not they're going to buy an EV in, in this market or in this climate. So, I mean, I agree that those kinds of things do take time, but like anything, man, it's evolution. It'll, it'll get there. It's, you know, there'll be some bumps along the way. I don't know. I, I got my, I got my own opinions, uh, but I'll keep those to myself for this call. Same here. Uh, have, you, <laughs> have you guys seen a lot of growth, like, in just that category for vehicles on this site, too? Or Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's lots. Yeah, I know okay. the Lightning's trying to get a little better outcomes on sales in the last couple quarters uh, for that product. But, yeah, I mean, people hit the bid. They invested heavily. There's certain federal requirements for you know, zero emissions and things like that. And just, I wish people looked at this specific scenario and you know took everything into account transportation electric vehicles just by weight and limits there issues with uh, infrastructure roads just with heavier vehicles there's a lot of things that just you got to think about these things not half decade or decades but multiple decades before you start to make really serious decisions in my opinion but that's why i'm not the prime minister yeah, yeah, I know. I did a podcast and it's essentially talking about faults and the infrastructure and how they set up infrastructure just in the province of Ontario. What they use as their like high point for expanding roads and that and how it's geared to one main location where the rest of the province is screaming for updates. But they're like, no, 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 you, you don't have enough. It's like, but that system has already been proven that's flawed. So... <laughs> Yeah, and things like there's just other, like, I mean, we could go down a few gravel, but you gotta think of, like, when you're paying for fuel in your jurisdiction, like, that, those tax dollars goes to, like, fixing roads. If you're at home charging your electric vehicle, how is that being distributed? Where is yeah. that being distributed? Like, I'm sure that there's smarter people than us that are having those conversations, but, you know, those are things that need to be really fleshed out and that time. And I just feel like we're in a bit of a rush right now. Yeah. So Everyone can take a breath. Slow down. I think that was one of my uh, podcasts not too long ago. Is basically putting all our eggs in one basket and trying to jump two feet in, as opposed to just you know testing the waters first and growing. And that's that's worked great every time anyone's ever done it. <laughs> yeah, like I said, you know, all these charging companies are setting up thousands of charging stations, and now they're having issues with them. I said, do you ever wonder why Tesla doesn't have as many issues? Is because they had that slow growth at the very beginning. People weren't jumping all in. So they had time to do it. Now they're kind of ahead of the curve on the rest of you. So it's and that, and yeah. that's why you're seeing other OEMs partnering in now with Tesla. Yeah, because of that yeah. that time that they took to build the infrastructure appropriately.
Now, is that like something you guys might think of putting, you know, as an add-on to this program down the road is when people are purchasing vehicles where the closest, you know, maybe a charging station is or even like for certain vehicles like that closest dealership too. 100%. We have, you know, in our umbrella company, we have a really incredible geospatial technology called a discrete global grid system, which basically allows you to lay a, a grid of any resolution on top of the earth surface aerial and, and subsurface so there's a really incredible things we can do with assigning data to certain spaces and tracking and distances and stuff so all, all, we're always thinking of really cool stuff that's just like we love building cool tech you know we have we have great companies that have a lot of customers and companies that want to use our tech and we want to just provide it for them and work with them to build custom solutions that they think are cool. So whether we build something like that or whether someone comes to us and is like, we want to build that, that's where we operate. So yeah, we do a lot on our own, but we're really stepping into, now that the architecture is complete, which was a significant investment of time and resources, obviously, now we get to kind of present it to companies that are like, it would be cool if, and we're like, well, you can do that now. Yeah. Just build it for your engine. We already have everything in place. So that's the fun part. Those are the companies we're excited to be talking to and having these conversations with. So, yeah. Okay. Sounds great. From a main standpoint, that's great for like the automotive industry and great for dealerships, retail, of that whole side of it. it makes it a lot easier for, in a sense, like you said, all of us. I guess my one big thing's here. Um, like I know with privacy for cars, you uh, kind of go into the privacy well, of cars, trying to uh, make it a lot easier for people to not lose their information, to clear cars and that. Now, when you put stuff on the Hey Auto, are those only for those cars or? Um, well, people, so Privacy for Cars is an incredible uh, product and technology yeah. out of Atlanta. Um, Andre Amico, CEO there, has been okay. working on that technology for, uh, I think it's almost eight years. It's an awesome product. We're very happy and excited to be helping distribute that product in, into the Canadian market. And what it is is an application. It's every single making model all the um, steps to deleting all data from the vehicle before purchase. Because what happens is people trade in their vehicles, they don't clear their personal data, there's all that storage. Cars, vehicles nowadays store an incredible amount of data. A vehicle is a cell phone on wheels, right? Yeah. So you're, when you don't want to leave that data behind when you trade it in or sell it or send it to auction or, or what have you. So you've got this application that's very easy to understand. You scan the VIN, tells you what make the model, here's how you make sure you delete all of that data. Provides you with a certificate of authenticity. It says, "Okay, this is this is warranted. This has been done. You can go ahead and feel comfortable selling this vehicle without any uh, pre-existing data on it." And uh, it's just a really cool tool. They're working on other stuff that's pretty exciting. This is their for like first foray product that kind of uh, gets into market, but it's just easy. Like I mean, you know, a used dealer might have 30, 40 different vehicles on their lot and they're like well all the processes are different to go through and how can i be sure that i did get everything and yeah. went through all the necessary steps i don't have time to sit here and read the owner's manual i don't can't find these people on youtube this just solves that problem for it, it makes it really clean makes it really easy and it's also a great utility for them to be able to generate more lead flow for themselves because now they can go to the private seller market and say hey if you're you know trading your vehicle and make sure you do it do it with us because we you know, go through this process and provide you a certificate to make sure that your privacy is protected. So it's an important product. It's it's gaining a lot of traction in the United States right now. California just passed a bill. We have the uh, Bill C60, I want to say it's looking yeah. ahead right now, C69 or C68 in Quebec here. So data privacy is massive in uh, all other facets of our lives. 
and then there hasn't been a really close scope or a, yeah data privacy is important <laughs> <laughs> no it's cool it's a cool product man it's something that when we were introduced to it we're like oh man no one's focusing on this and no one's built anything to be able to service this market so that was really interesting to us and you know those are the types of product and types of conversations we want to be having you know, since been marketing our ecosystem as that kind of automotive app store that has access to, you know, over 2,000 dealers across Canada that can be participants in your great piece of software and we can help integrate it with our technology is something that just is cool. So yeah, uh, we're excited. We're excited to be talking to those companies that are building cool stuff. We want to hear from them. We want to talk to our dealer groups to say, hey, like, let's take a little bit of your marketing budget. And let's invest it in your own silo ecosystem that we can customize and build for you. Or let's tie in some products that can really help you in a number of different ways throughout that automotive journey for your consumer. So doing it all, man. Yeah, that was an amazing idea because that's not really something that's even crossed my mind before is when you sell your vehicle off. It's like, because I know a lot of times when you like give back a phone, they take it. No, most times they'll clean it before they get rid of it. Or when you're done with a phone, you usually just throw it in your junk drawer or throw it somewhere. It's one of those things you never really think of. There is a lot of information in the vehicles. And I know well over a decade ago, that became a really big thing for vehicles. Yeah, four out of five vehicles still on the lot have some form of previous consumer data and that was you know something we did before we went and checked we just had a look talked to some dealers you know grabbed some keys and checked out we're like oh holy smokes this is uh, something that needs to be addressed so that relationship makes a lot of sense for us it's those kind of products are offering like dealers are looking for different and products that future proof their business and for two decades it's just been done the same way not to say the same way it doesn't work because it does and some people just say like this is how I buy my car. I got my guy. I have my same sales guy. I go wherever he is because I like him the most. Everybody's different. I understand that. But we're moving into a, this next generation of, of consumers. And it doesn't mean that it needs to be a full you know, digital retailing model because we've seen how that's gone in Canada as well. Yeah. But opportunity and option, a little more, what we have seen is a shift to a lot more customer involvement in the entire process, right? From things like a customer would put an application in and they would just be like, I don't know what things I'm going with. I don't know what this is all happening on the other <laughs> side of the desk here. Now there's, there's tools to help inform customers of which banks and what their rates are going to be and help them select vehicles that could qualify. Like just a, a lot more work is being done online ahead of that, whether it's going into the dealership to purchase or whether the dealer's delivering or what, what, whatever it may be. So investing in that portion of the journey and then post-sale, picking them up again post-sale. Because dealers, there's great desking tools and great you know, DMSs out there. Do the accounting, handle the desking, do all that really well. We like to help get the customer in the funnel, give them a better experience before they make their purchasing decision with your dealership. And then we like to help you pick them up again after the sale and find ways to drive more revenue for the dealership and have better user experience for the customer and keep them engaged and attached to your very valuable database at the dealership. Very interesting. I'm awesome, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding about it. Well, no, dude, it's, I, love, I love talking about it. Like, it's been such a, you know, everybody that works here is so passionate about what it is. And, and it's just like the second biggest purchase that, you know, in some cases, the, the biggest purchase that people make in their lifetime. Lots of people can't afford to buy a house these days. So yeah. in lots of cases, it's the biggest, you know, it's the biggest purchase people make. And it needs to be treated with as much care and attention and responsibility as, as possible for everyone involved. So that's where we want to help.
Well, I guess my last thing for this is, I guess with the integration of the privacy for cars and like all the documentation, can dealers upload all the documentation on vehicles? Because like I'm one of those people that keep all of my service records and that for my vehicles. So, you know, when you go and sell them, is that something that somebody looking at a vehicle will be able to ask for or even see? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Dealer can plug in, like you can, a customer can log into their glove box and put any documentation they can set. They can put their insurance, set reminders for two weeks before it expires, reg registration, license, all documents. Dealers can set up their own glove box through our ecosystem where they push their customers in, attach them to their DMS. They can be pushing finance information, their warranty information. All of that can be stored in there and it can all be customized and built to their liking of what they want the customer to have and what they maybe don't. A chat functionality can be built in or not. The phone number can be put in or not. So it's kind of like it's not it's not one size fits all. It's how can it help you operate your business most efficient? What are things that you're trying to do that maybe weren't possible for you before? And let's build some of that customization and utility that's bespoke for for you on the back of this incredible technology that we built here. That would have helped me out a long time ago with one of my cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a timing I had a timing belt go on an interference motor, and both the dealer and the previous owner told me it was replaced and nine months later and twenty four hundred dollars thanks to a decent mechanic i had to put a new engine in but that's like yeah. it's one of those documentation i went to the dealer and they're like oh yeah yeah it's been changed but they wouldn't give me the documentation because it was off a lease and oh yeah that's there's there's always going to be horror stories man and there's there's horror stories from private sellers there's horror stories from dealers dealers have come a long way for my opinion the last five to ten years of, of trying to create a more transparent purchase process for their customers and there's some that do it really well and there's some that not like any industry man but it's like it is what it is and it's kind of like you just got to give them the tools to get better and give the tools to the customer to get more engaged and do their own due diligence and, and just try and make the whole experience a little bit more transparent and smooth that yeah, was like what you're talking about earlier when you when they punch in the information, if they get something wrong, you guys can kind of see what's going on and call them out on it. Brought me back to a story I read a couple of years ago about an Infinity dealership in the States that they put the wrong price in and it was the new QX30. And it, these people basically got a steal off the vehicle because they printed out their documentation that they had on their website that had the price written on it and everything. And in the end, Infinity honored it, even though the, the dealership and them took a massive loss on this car. But it was like, yeah, when you said that, it's like, yeah, that, that could stop that from happening. Because I don't know how many times you, you do that. And it's like, here's the price. But unless you print it off, they're like, no, 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 that, that wasn't right. There's all kinds there's all kinds of horror stories on that. And actually, we experienced that firsthand. And that's why, you know, we were so adamant about building that really secure data model yeah. through that, that ETL process on our platform. Because, you know, we'd, we'd have a car and be like, what is it 2012 Sienna? This is early, early days. We're like, why is it safe? $5,000 price. That can't be right. So of course we're getting a ton of leads on it and the dealer's like, what the heck's going on? We go and look at the CSV file and discount price was put in the sale column, things like that, right? So yeah. uh, if the information's put in there, the every other, you know, that we know of anyway, any other, you know, IT infrastructure to pull that information in, they're pulling from those columns and they're listing what's listed. And that's why sometimes you'll see a, you know, lots of times so you'll see a vehicle one price uh, in their DMS, another price on their own website, another price on Trader, another price on Kijiji. Like, 
it's just a matter of normalizing that data and recognizing those inconsistencies over time so that you can catch them before they become an issue like the one you just mentioned. Yeah, because I've been there too. I'm an estimator outside of all this. So I know what happens when you fill in the, the wrong number in the spot. And if they have it on paper, you're looking at it like, damn it. <laughs> It can be a costly issue for sure. So yeah, no, it's definitely something that was one of the biggest issues that we noticed in the industry and it's something we tackled right out of the gate. So yeah, man, we're just, uh, for us, it's about getting the word out to companies and dealer groups and, and our partners that, you know, lots of people look at us and they're like, oh, it's Hey Auto, the marketplace. I'm like, we are so much more than that. And it's really getting up that message to potential partners and, and customers being dealers and whatnot to say, give us a call, have a look at our, at our products, jump into the ecosystem and, and just dream up what, what you want. And uh, we can help you help you get there. So it's about just doing good business, doing good work, building great technology to help move the, move the industry forward. Well, sounds great. And I, I look forward to uh, seeing more from it and uh, watching it expand. And I know if you guys will let me do it. I'll put it on my site and help you get some more leads back through it. And I, I know I'll be talking to a lot of my friends and family about when they're looking for their next view. But like, no, 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 no. There's, there's a way better site you can go to to find everything. Because I already have a few of those for like when people are looking for issues of vehicles. I have a few sites that I know about for those ones. So, yeah, we'll add her on. Yeah, that would be great. And then, yeah, if you uh, come across anybody that wants to you know expand their business and and drive more revenue and for a great technical partner with great product we uh, we'd love to chat to them okay i can do that awesome ever thanks for uh thanks for having me. yeah no problem was glad to talk to you all right so we hope you learned a few things from autolooks.net and heyauto.com with our interview with brett jones if you'd like to learn more about heyauto.com stop by our website at autolooks.net or just go to heyauto.com. If you'd like to be interviewed by the Autolux interviews, send us an email over at email at autolux.net and get yourself in touch with the one and only host of the autolux.net website and the Autolux podcast, Mr. Everett J. This is Everett J. saying to strap yourself in for this one fun wild ride we're going to have as we interview people from around the world.